You are listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 390. In this episode, I talk to Meryl Kriegsman about how to offer a high-end coaching program. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today I speak with Meryl Kriegsman, originally a copywriter, but now a business mentor and a women's wealth advocate. She helps women around the globe become leaders in their niche and gives them the courage to charge what they are worth. She has been featured on CBS News and in publications like Forbes, Fast Company, and Entrepreneur. In this episode, we talk about how to offer a high-end coaching program. This summer, I am running Samba Kickstart again, and this time you can choose from 240 free online courses. There are courses in many different languages and many different disciplines. You can find courses in English, German, Icelandic, Polish, Spanish, Italian, Czech, and many more languages. And you'll also find courses in marketing, business, life coaching, parenting, mindset, movement, and many more disciplines. All the courses are created by my Samba students, and they are free, four weeks, and start on July 27th. So go over to the show notes now at sigma.com forward slash 390, where you can find all the courses from Samba Kickstart and, of course, all the links to Meryl Kriegsman. I am so excited to be here with Meryl Kriegsman and talk about high-end offers. Meryl, welcome on the show. I am so happy to be here, Sigrun. It's so much fun to actually hop on with somebody who's from Europe as well and who is like rocking it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you just told me before you're Dutch. I knew from your name, obviously, I was like, is he Dutch? Is he German? German. Yeah, that's always the question. (laughs) (laughs) So how how come you live in Canada if you're Dutch? So I met my husband, who is Canadian. Um, actually, I'm like you. I have a very like beautiful love story. I love your story. But yeah, we met. I uh, we met in um, in Germany about ten years ago. We were both uh, opera singers at that time. So I'm originally a performer, actually, uh, which actually like serves me really well in my business right now. And like all my top clients usually have like an acting background or a creative background, which is really interesting. But so we met in Germany at a Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving party that our singing teacher threw together one evening. And, uh, and so we lived in Germany for about seven years. And then we decided to actually quit our singing careers and uh, have my business be the main, the main thing for, for our family to like the breadwinner piece of the, of the equation. And that enabled us to live anywhere we wanted. And that's when um, when Keith said to his parents, you know what, I would actually love to uh, take over the home quarter because Keith's uh, parents are a little elderly and they wanted to move off. They're farmers here on the Canadian prairies. And, uh, and we decided to take over 
160 acres of land, which we live on now. And we're like building a food forest and we're into regenerative farming and like all those, all those pieces, organic farming. So that's, that's just lovely. We love it here. Background, you can actually hear my baby because we live here with, uh, with three very young kids and COVID-19 is happening. So we're all at home together. Yeah. We just hear a little baby voice in the background. I'm not sure you're going to hear that on the uh, edited podcast, but we, we might live it in. Yeah. Don't, don't edit like, it out. Don't edit life. it out. I'm talking to my podcast team. Don't edit it out. So when did you actually switch over from opera singing to your first business was copywriting after that? How did that happen? Yeah. So basically the way that I'm, the, the reason why I moved out of singing was because I, I was, I felt I wasn't paid enough. It was really depressing, Sigrun. Like I was making whatever, like fifteen hundred bucks, two hundred, you know, two two thousand five hundred dollars a year or something. It was like it was nothing, right? It was all for free and for the exposure. And like maybe down the line, we'll rehire you and then pay you a little bit more. And I was just like, this is this is going nowhere. Like this is no fun. Like I'm really great. Like you know, I was I was singing at like top places in Europe. I sang in Vatican City. I sang in the Bach churches actually in Leipzig where, you know, Johann Sebastian Bach used to actually direct and compose himself. So like really top places. And I still, it still wasn't happening. So I was like, okay, I'm out. This is no fun. I don't want to live this way. So I decided to really move into something that would basically be a way that I could make money, but also where I could educate myself at the same time. So I chose copywriting because I was like, okay, whatever it is that I'm going to do later on, and I don't quite know what that is, this will serve me well as a skill to learn. And oh my God, has it ever like paid off? It's fantastic. Like it's, it's copywriting is, is conversion copywriting. But did you just, did you just sign up for a course? How to become a copywriter? I did, yeah. I studied with Joanna Weeb from Copy Hackers. Uh, she's phenomenal, um, one of the best copywriters in the world. And I loved it because she's a woman too. I love having you know female mentors in my life. It's just something that I value. So I studied with her. I like I took the copy cure, you know, like I just did all the I would like look for articles online and, and just educate myself and of course, it wouldn't have worked if I didn't have a knack for it. Uh, and I really did. Like in, in my couple, the couple of years that I worked as a copywriter, conversion copywriter, I really helped my clients make millions of dollars. Yeah. How did you know that you would have a knack for it before you actually went ahead and studied it? Yeah. So I've always been a marketer, you know, even as a kid. And I think we all have you know, in this space, we probably all have memories like that, where, you know, for example, um, there was this like specific like mouse doll that we have had when I was young and my mom discovered it with me in some like, you know, obscure store. And I started like creating this mouse family and I had like little furniture and like, I had like all the things. And within a few months, like the whole school was buying those, those mice, right. It was like, I have this like ability to enroll people, so to speak. And, and so that was, that was sort of like the telltale sign where it was like, actually, I'm always selling other people's stuff, right? Like whether it was a book or whether it was a course, like I could talk about it and people would just like go and run and get it. So it's like, okay, so if I'm really good at that and also like great at sort of distilling what the essence is of something and how to make that marketable, 
then why not run with that and, and support people with that? And, you know, I always feel that if you're doing the right thing, the money comes. Of course, you need to have the right infrastructure and you need to know how to have your invoicing software set up and like all the things and your head screwed on right when it comes to money mindset. But if you're, if you're in your zone of genius, clients, clients will flock to you if you're putting yourself out there. So that is exactly what happened. Um, I hung up my shingle, you know, very, very late in 2015. I actually started officially like January 16. I remember that in Germany it was a, it was a huge hassle because German bureaucracy is infamous across the world, I think for, you know, the paperwork, but I was like, okay, I'm doing this. This was my like, you know, baptism by fire to start a business. My first business in, in Germany. Um, it was like looking back at it, it's pretty hilarious. Like all the, all the hoops I had to jump, but yeah, I, I started and like, literally with within a day or two like I had my first paying client mm. did you start in English right away or did you ever consider German or Dutch I actually the first client I had was in English I in in the first year I worked with a couple of Dutch clients but what I realized is that actually because I speak English all day with my with my husband and because I am educated from a marketing perspective in English it was really hard for me to do the Dutch also like Dutch grammar and I never were friends ever. Like, I just don't get why you would write something with a T, a D or a DT at the end. It's like, what, where's the logic in all of this? Like, I just, I just never got it. So I was actually not like, I had to actually have a proofreader <laughs> for my Dutch copywriting. So that was like very fast. I was like, now I'm just going to go for English and I haven't looked back. So. Great. So you started a copywriting business 2016 when did you move over? Like at what point did you say, well, maybe I'm not a copywriter. Maybe I'm destined for something more. Yeah, for sure. So it started with, uh, with some negative experiences actually, which, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful for in hindsight. So I, I did a couple of launches for, for women who thought they were ready to launch, but really didn't have the strategy and their offers actually weren't clicking with their audience. Right. It's like, you need to have the offer and, and the copy and, and the audience need to need to match, right, in order to create that beautiful, very profitable synergy. So um, they, they would have like an idea that they thought was great and they would, would like have me write all the amazing copy and the copy was great, but it didn't convert, right? And they would be super disappointed and sometimes even upset with me. And that's when I was like, okay, so there's way more involved than just good copy in order to sell something, right? And this is this is also why I think it's very unfair, you know, that sometimes people blame their copywriters for it when it doesn't click, when actually the offer was never right in the first place, or they have grown an audience that, that actually doesn't match the offer, or, you know, there's just so much more, more involved. And so I started to really educate myself on, okay, so what is involved, right? And then I got into offer creation and um, pricing sweet spots and, uh, the mindset piece and um, high ticket lead generation and all those pieces. And it turned out I was actually really great at, at, you know, doing all of those and helping my clients with all of those. And after I had some like really like phenomenal success stories where I helped somebody figure out what she needed to do. And then she started doing it. And we, I helped her pivot a few times over the course of like nine months and uh, within a very short amount of time, she started making like $35,000 a month and she's doing extremely well. 
right now. She's like, she's at my level, right? That's what I want. I want my, my, my people to become sort of like at my level, my peers, um, as they work with me. So I figured that out. I figured out a way to really help women have that breakthrough. And that's, that's what I do these days. I, I work as a business mentor for women that really don't want to be in that like extreme hustle mode right? It's like, okay, so many of my clients, like they have young kids, they have specific sort of like lifestyle desires that, you know, would flourish if they didn't have to just put their nose to the grindstone. So it's really about, okay, what are your financial goals, your revenue goal, what you need to be making per month to make that happen. And then reverse engineering what the offers need to look like in order to get them there in one piece. And, uh, and so on and so forth, right? And then um, it's the older pieces that start working together, including like exquisite content creation that really help the people that I work with move very fast from, you know, sort of like inconsistent for potentially like once in a while, like a five figure month to like really the, the 30 and then the 50K month mark. Mm. So when did you do that switch exactly? When did I do that switch? I think it was the the spring of 2018, but it started like it was already in the works like the year before, for sure. I was sort of like selling people copywriting and, and then saying, actually, I think your offer is not that great. I think it needs to be like, like okay, right? Like Trojan horse and, and sort of me testing in the background, like, am I actually capable of getting people these results? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love these stories. That's why I'm so curious. I'm like, I need to know exactly how that worked. So we are here how to talk about high-end offers. And now I'm, I'm, I'm imagining the listener perking their ears and, and getting already excited. Before we go into that, what is, in your definition, a high-end offer? Ha, I love that question. And I have a very specific answer. It is actually different for, for everyone. So every woman has what I call sort of like this is it sits between certain like two different price points. I would say like, like it's almost like a high end stretch. It's where when you pitch it, you feel excited and exhilarated, but also like slightly scary and nervous. You get that butterfly feeling when you, you know, invite people at that, at that level, at that price point on your sales calls. And it's sort of that feeling of, Oh my God, like, I'm going to say yes. Like I'm going to be so like, so happy. And almost like, I can't believe they said yes to that. And that this happened to me that's your high end stretch. That's where you, you want to be pitching your clients. In my opinion, if you are um, selling a mastermind or, or selling a program and it is a little bit higher level and you are on the sales calls and it's sort of like, yeah, whatever, if they sign up, I don't care if they, you know, sort of like that blase feeling, then I would like highly recommend that you look at your offer, see if you can pack more high value stuff into it, right? It's not always time, extra time. That's like the big misconception about high end selling is like, okay, so I'm 10 Xing my prices and I need to 10 X the amount of calls that people get with me. That's not how it works. You're really selling to a completely different avatar. In fact, people that value their time over their money at that point, right? So as people progress and become more wealthy, like first, like they have tons of time, they have little money. And then as they keep growing, one point that switches around and they have more money than they have time. So you need to actually create offers that, that honor that principle. So just to give you an example, I once bought a Feng Shui. I love Feng Shui. It's like, you know, rearrange your house, get rich. I love it. (laughs) 
declutter a drawer, make a big sale kind of thing. So I, I hired an expert at a really high ticket level and she had this lengthy questionnaire that she wanted us to fill out, which I don't like to do. I don't like spending, you know, two hours filling out a questionnaire. We had very young kids at that point, spending our Sunday afternoon filling out that dang questionnaire and we had to actually had to like break it up in sessions because you couldn't do the whole thing in one sitting. Right? It's like snack, snack, snack. And like, okay, well, let's, you know, wrap this up and try this again next week. And so what happens that we couldn't save it. So for two, like three or two weeks, we, we had to like start from scratch. So that was an awful experience. And then she had us do like all the, the remedies in the house, like in every corner of your house, you have to like add an element of water or put a plant or whatever it is. And so we had just finished all of that. And then she said, well, it actually switches around like when, when the new year comes, like the new Chinese year. And we were like, you're kidding. Like we have to do all this work again. Like why didn't you tell us, right? So that was, that was like clearly like her package was actually geared towards people who like it wasn't high end enough. She wasn't charging high end enough in my opinion. So it was like moderately priced, but really sort of like the, the, the way it was structured, you actually have to spend like a shit ton of time in the process, which is something that we didn't want to do, right? We wanted like a quick, a quick, nearly guaranteed result. That's what high ticket is in my opinion. So, um, so that was, that was like an example of like what not to do, but long answer to your question. Every, everybody has their own personal version of high end. And I could say like high end is $20,000. But if you're, if you have only sold low ticket, then for you, it might be $3,500, right? That gives you that like, oh my gosh, like I can't, I can't believe they just paid me this money and I'm so grateful and this is so exciting. And, and that's, that's where you need to be. That's where the growth curve is or the growth edge. So I'm sure people are curious of some examples of what a high end offer if, if it's not more time. So do you have some in your back pocket, maybe from your clients? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So an example from my own days as a copywriter, and I, I love experimenting and marketing. I don't know about you, Seagram, but I'm always like testing, testing new things and seeing how far I can go. And uh, I just love that process. So at one point I was like, okay, so all my colleagues, my copywriter colleagues, they were selling websites at like, you know, $1,500, max $5,000. And I was like, okay, so how can I tweak my, my messaging and positioning and niching in such a strong way that I can charge 25K? That was my, that was my sort of like experimentation project. And I did, and consistently so. And, and the, the reason why is that I created this process that is super hands-off for the business owner, right? So they would come to me. And I would literally say, the only thing you have to do is show up for a 45 minute call. You verbal process everything. Just like grab a cup of coffee, put your feet on the, on, you know, on your desk and tell me all this, all your stories. And I just had like a set of really smart questions that really triggered them to go really deep, really fast. And uh, I would, I would be sort of like helping the interview along, really asking asking more in-depth questions to get all the good stuff to the surface. I would send it to rev.com, get it transcribed, and then go in with a highlighter and start like pulling 
all the really juicy stuff for taglines and, and the right messaging and um, like the beautiful, like for a hero section on the about page and all the stuff that I needed. And then on behalf of them, I would interview, let's say 10 clients, 10 of their top clients. And I would talk to some of their competitors, right? So I would like do the research for them. So it did take me perhaps, you know, in total, let's say 15 hours of research and voice of customer sort of gathering. Uh, they would also get a beautiful document with all like the transcripts of those interviews and my notes and the highlights for, for further marketing efforts for their offers. So like really valuable. And then um, the copy would be exquisite because I'm, I'm really great at what I do. And for them, it would be super easy. They would literally, the only thing they would need to do is sit down with me for 45 minutes, perhaps like one call in the middle of the project for like 30 minutes or so. And they would literally end up with a website that's in their voice and, and totally like brand on that really speaks to their clients. And that would, would start converting really, really well for them. I'm signing up. Where do I sign up? <laughs> I know, right? Because like you're in a position right now where it's like, I don't have time to spend like 10 hours in, in a project like that, right? Like you are the CEO of your company, you're, it's, you're, you're doing different things, right? You're like me, you're like more looking at like, okay, who do I want to collaborate with and uh, media piece and, and, you know, the further expansion of, of that really high level. So, so that's, that's just an example, right? So it's really understanding what it is that people need at that higher level. And it's it's definitely not just like slapping more one-on-one -on -one time in there or more deliverables. It's really not about that. No, I guess it's being creative. I guess that's maybe the, where people get stuck. They're not creative enough to create that offer. So you really have to put yourself in the shoes of this high-end buyer. Yeah. And do everything you can to not waste their time. Absolutely. And to really, like, I also love to insert some surprise and delight moments. So, for example, one of my clients who's, who um, bought the 25K website project, one point I looked at her emails that were coming through and I was like, actually, we need to just, you know, put a nice nurture sequence in place for you because this is, this is just not elevated enough considering what I know about you and your story it's not just you know not quite shining through so I would like midway project like on purpose I would like gift them a five-part nurture sequence right or I would say like let's say I was part of their email newsletter I was on their list and their newsletter emails were just not so great I would say like do you just want me for like the duration of the project like you send me your emails as you're writing them and I'll, I'll make them I'll jazz them up for you as we go and then you get a sense of you know what's possible and and I would even like sit down with one of their team members right like usually they would like buy the website with me but they would have like a junior copywriter on staff so I would sit down with that person and also educate them a little bit further and have them be part of my project and you know so it was this this amazing mind-blowing experience and you can actually design that right like like on purpose not by accident but on purpose and that's really what you need to do so secret if you want to just like if you have a client in mind that you think needs to sell something high ticket if you just want to like do a case study right now like do you want to ask me some questions on behalf of some of your clients well yeah of course i have more questions 
I think a lot of people will like, oh, is this only for done for your services? Because you described it beautifully, this done for your service, which I think is honestly not difficult to sell to the right client because they're like, oh my God, I've, I've needed to write my website for two years. Now I'll just pay 25,000 and it's done and it only costs an hour of my time. So that feels like no brainer for the right ideal client, obviously. But what if it's not done for you? What if, what if it's more like a coaching experience, a uh, coaching program, or let's say a mastermind? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Designing that, how do you, how, what, what ideas do you have from your own experience or from your clients where it also, also becomes a no-brainer? Totally, yeah. I actually, I love talking about this and also like how to launch a high-ticket mastermind because I, I have had a few uh, of my uh, people that, that join, like I have a mastermind, like, you know, program and they design their own. And one of the key things that I really found is that it's not just how you run it. It's also how you sell it. That makes it actually possible to, to charge at that higher level. So what I've been doing and experimenting with, with my clients and myself, so I had a baby two months ago and I couldn't, like, I didn't want to be in the position because I'm launching right now. I didn't want to be in the position where I have to do 40 sales calls over the course of three weeks. I just can't, right? Like with the nursing schedule and everything. So what I've done is I've actually created like an early bird. And then over the course of a few months, I've been like adding like a pocket of people to the two cohorts that I run. Um, right. So it was a very sort of like non-pressure sales situation, which is very important. Like when you're selling high end, you don't want to show up on the sales call going like, if this person doesn't sign up, I'm like going to die in Adro. That's not the, the energy you need to bring to the call. So it was very relaxed and, and, and non-detached or non-attached, non detached, which is really important when you're, when you're selling high ticket. The way that I run it and my clients run their programs is that there is lots of personal attention. So I don't, I like, I don't think you can sell a pre-recorded everything uh, program for, you know, a really like high end price. So let's say 15 K plus like people do come for that individualized, personalized, customized experience. That is what high ticket is. So the question is, how can you build that into your high ticket program without it costing you like all your time? So I used to have a VIP version in my academy where people would get one-on-ones. Well, I did that like one or two rounds and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is killing me. This is awful. This is, you know, I was like constantly on call. So what I've done is I've actually, so I have two cohorts right now that are starting to pause. And um, the one I meet with every Wednesday afternoon for like two, two and a half hours. The one is on Thursday for two, two and a half hours. And so there's lots of times, like time for hot seats and Q&A and going deep and still having that beautiful element of working in a group, which is just different, right? Like you're, you're seeing other people go through a transformation and it's very inspiring, which is why I, I really believe in, in, in running programs like that. And then there is the actual curriculum. And I also have inserted like an ask thread, for example, every week. So instead of just having everybody just throw their questions in the group, I really help them think deeply about what their core question is and what they need to focus on. And, uh, and they can ask me a question and, and me and my team would come in. We, we really spend like basically Thursday and Friday to answer all the questions, have discussions, really go deep so that 
you know, we're really focused not on how much, how quickly can we, can we get out of being, you know, facilitating this program and, and just cutting corners. We're really there getting to know everyone. We have also like a vision document where everybody keeps, you know, tweaking what it is that they desire, what they want to call in. So there's this constant checking in, constant opportunity to ask questions. And this creates almost like an unstoppable momentum, like all these conversations, all these check-ins that make the result like nearly guaranteed, right? That's that's what people pay for. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that's similar to my group coaching and masterminds. And I think the key is here that you need to have still the ideal client. Now that's where people kind of get stuck as well. Like, okay, they start to design this awesome experience. And I do agree with you that you cannot just, this is not a scalable thing, not, not endlessly. Like you can scale it. You can scale it with coaches, but not endlessly. There is a limit. There's a limit because you still want to be involved yourself. And even if you hire coaches, there is still a limit in how big you can grow these high-end programs. Yeah, I would say probably till like to, I would say a million and a half to two million would be my guess. And and then you really need to, to shift into like also having lower end options. And yeah. yeah. And the question becomes then, if you start at some point, how did you shift your clients? Did you find them in the same places or did you have to shift your marketing when you said, hey, I'm going to charge more? I'm not going to let's say in your copywriting business, you said, oh, I'm not going to charge 1500. I'm going to charge 25,000. And then you sit there in front of Facebook, I guess, and say, where, where, where are these people? <laughs> where are you? <laughs> this is always the question uh, I get. I've actually created a lead magnet on that, which is on my website. Um, perhaps people would really enjoy that. It's called 40, 40 plus ways to call in your high ticket clients and make them buy from you. But it's really like, this is a great example. So you actually you don't find your clients, they, they come and find you and uh, you don't make them buy from you. Like people need to do that of their own, you know, like they, they need to do that themselves. Like the movement needs to come from them. So, but what I did is I actually really used the, lang- the lingo that my, that my clients were using. It's like, where do you find these people? And like, how do I make them buy, right? Like, so it's like literally, that's, that's great conversion copywriting, by the way. It's like, like literally using, using the words of the people that you, you are, wanted to buy from you. So um, basically it's like shifting, shifting your messaging, your niching and your positioning. So those are the three core things that you first need to get really clear on even before you start, you know, creating new content that's going to attract that, uh, attract those people and, and, and have them find you. So when it comes to niching, for example, too many people, and I'm sure, sure you see this all the time with your women seeker and they want to serve too many different people. It's just like that, that doesn't work for high end. People pay a lot of money for, for very like specific expertise is, what's the, what's the plural of expertises? Expertises, I guess. Right. Like they, they want to have experts. For example, we had somebody come in to help us design a food forest, which is a very particular sort of way of of gardening where you have like five layers and once you plant it and once it has grown it's very like you don't have to spend a lot of time you get a lot of harvest every year um, which is like perfect because we don't have a lot of time right so again it's like really designed for 
for people that have more money than they have time. Um, so we hired a permaculture expert, not just like a local gardener who has like, you know, green thumb or something. No, we hired a permaculture expert who could create like the entire plan for us, who's also specialized in, in the zone that we are in. So the earth is divided in these like specific zones, uh, you know, like some some things grow here that don't grow there. And so she was specialized in our particular zone. And it was a no-brainer, right? And and we we instantly splurged like a whole bunch of thousands of dollars um, on getting that plan uh, designed. And it felt it felt beautiful. It felt like totally the right thing to do. We haven't regretted it. Uh, but it's an it's an expertise, right? That we paid for. So the first thing you need to do is is actually like like very courageously niche. And, and when you do that, and of course you need to test like, okay, what is the profitable niche within like, you know, the, the options that I have. But um, I have helped uh, clients of mine who like one of, one of them is a sleep expert for uh, CEOs and, and um, top athletes. And it's, it's like a very specific thing, right? It's not just like health or well-being or it's like, no, it's like, um, basically eradicating insomnia in in those really high functioning individuals. She was at the beginning of the program. She was like selling forty seven dollar courses, and then we helped her niche and position and create messaging around that. And she was selling ten k VIP days towards the end of the program. Right. So there's so much possible. And here's the thing: when you're selling high end, you have a really healthy profit margin. So I have been able to, to build for myself and for my clients, help them build businesses that are, are like really cash flow positive. And they're doing really well during this time, actually, because there's just, there's just this incredible amount of buffer, right? This is why it's something that you really want to consider for yourself, even if, you know, you, you don't have the mindset yes, yet, there's like incredible books that you can read on, on money mindset and really going that extra mile and, and stepping into your worth, what your work is worth, uh, all those things. Um, but it's definitely something to consider. I actually forgot your question. I just go off from these tangents. Well, basically, you kind of answered it because you were looking for an expert for your food forest. The thing is, you did not know that person before. You knew you wanted an expert you didn't want to hire a local gardener that might screw it up. You wanted the true expert. So you seek them out. They are out there. Now, we have to ensure that people can find us. And that is through content, I guess, and, and you know, making sure that's clear. Exactly. And then also, um, you know, just knowing deeply, intimately knowing your ideal clients, right? It's like so many people that go through my program, for example, which is really about that high ticket, like up level, they look at their content with me and I'm pointing out to them, like, you do realize you're talking to beginners here, right? Like you do understand that if you're, 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 you're creating these kinds of webinars, like this kind of person is going to show up. They're usually like, oh, shit. I guess that's not what I want. Like, what am I doing here? Like all of a sudden, right? And then they're like, they have like this, like, what do you call it? Like palm on their hand, like moment where it's like, oh no. Like what I, what I, what have I been doing? Like all these, all these years trying to, uh, to get high end, actually talking to low end people, right? So it needs to match. So start with the understanding that these are people that want to have fast, 
results. They're looking for an intimate connection. They want to have a customized experience. They want you to personalize the process if needed. Those are like some core traits. Of course, everybody's specific target group has very specific traits and you need to you need to go the extra mile figuring out what, what those things are and what really would create that, you know, they call it easy button strategy or a great book to read on this topic is um, The Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz. Just really understanding like, okay, if I, if I build in exactly what it is that they're looking for, plus like adding like all these surprise and delight moments, I'm going to create something that's, that's simply irresistible, right? That can sell on repeat. That's beautiful. I think you've answered all my questions. Yay, <laughs> Yay. fantastic. Awesome. I think everyone should have a high-end offer. And uh, I started my first 50K offer not so long ago. And that was a boop moment. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but it worked because, you know, kind of the team, I, you know, I have a large team now. And it's kind of like they talked me into it. Sigrun, Sigrun, you're ready. <laughs> But also, I'm willing to pay those prices myself. And then I ask myself, do I have any less experience than that person? No, I just have to be bold enough, brave enough, and design the offer, like you said, to make it irresistible for the right ideal client. But the clients are there. They're already there. The clients are there. Yeah, and if the the listeners are perhaps struggling, um, because like... You know, it doesn't matter if you're listening and you're a seven-figure entrepreneur already. There's always that high-end stretch. It's just like your your edge is different from somebody who's more, you know, in the in in just hitting six figures or something. But if you uh, want to really make strides with this process, I suggest that you cre- create what I call a declaration of worthiness, where you write down, you know, twenty to even like a hundred reasons why you are worth the money, right? Like we're worth the money simply because you know. Like I, I believe that if we're working in our zones of genius, right? Like we are, we are uh, worth that money. But it's like it's women. We just tend to need to remind ourselves, you know, and and uh, so make a list of like all your experience. But also, like for example, one piece of my credibility is that I've homebirthed three daughters, right? Like that's pretty badass, right? So that goes on my list, and the fact that I am a farmer as well, right? Like it all. Like you, you have to look beyond sort of like this is my accreditation and this is. This is my certifications and I studied this. It's it's more also like the life experience. So I would say go knock yourself out with that list um, and let me know when you've you've done it. It's like it's always so lovely to see. So definitely go and tag Meryl and me and uh, let us know what you learned from this episode. Uh, it's been so valuable. Uh, really, Meryl, I'm glad we finally made it happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after kind of knowing of each other for a long time, this was our first real connection. And I bet we're going to connect soon again. Meryl, what is the best way for people to find you online? So I have a Facebook group that I'm very active in, that people love hanging out in if they want to really step into like the wealth consciousness piece and, and also have, you know, very practical business tips. It's called Create Your Money Vortex on Facebook. And if you just want to snatch that um, that checklist that I've created, the 40 plus ways to call in your high ticket clients and make them buy from you, that's on my website, so merylcreeksman.com. Okay, we'll link that up in the show notes so you don't have to kind of (laughs) write it down while you're listening. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. 
Go to the show notes at sigma.com forward slash 390 where you can find all the free courses from Samba Kickstart. These courses are created by my Samba students in the current class. They are free, four weeks, and start on July 27th. So head on over to the show notes, sign up, because the course is starting soon. In the show notes, you also find all the links to Meryl Kriegsman. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your Insta story, Instagram post, using my handle Sigrun.com and the hashtag Sigrun Show. See you in the next episode.